Yeah. 
Good morning. My name is Jonathan Chang. Yeah, I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Cypress Bible Church. And thanks for gathering with our church family this morning to worship with us. We're going to be joining our live service in just a few moments. As this pandemic continues to affect not just our lives, but all the lives on this globe, it is an easy time to succumb to fear and anxiety. But the reality is, is even when this pandemic passes, it will still be easy to succumb to fear and anxiety in different forms or fashions. But for us as followers of God, we see in his word over 300 times he tells us to fear not and do not be afraid. Well, this morning, we're going to learn how to rise above our fears as 
Pastor John Bukema will teach us uh, in Isaiah 41.10. In 2 Timothy 1.7, we see Paul also write to Timothy with some very powerful words to remind him how believers must react to fear uh, with the power of the Spirit. And it reads this, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And so let me encourage you where you're at to stand up in your living rooms or your bedrooms or wherever you may be and prepare to worship our amazing creator, our sovereign father, our mighty God, who is bigger than all our fears. Well, good morning. Welcome. We're going to sing a new song this morning. Um, comes out of uh, Psalm 150, and uh, it says, praise the Lord. No matter what you're going through, no matter your circumstance, we can praise the Lord. Hold your heart, stir your soul. Matters come to mind. The cares you keep, the thoughts you think, it's not a wasted time. Seeking you will find joy still comes in the morning. Hope still walks with the hurting If you're still alive and breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop dancing, dreaming There's still good news worth repeating So lift your hand and keep singing Praise the Lord roll by we wonder why we lost our way from home a father finds the child inside we left for growing old awake 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 comes in the morning hope still walks with the hurting you're still alive and breathing praise the Lord don't stop dancing dreaming there's still the news worth repeating lift your head and keep singing praise the Lord with everything let everything, let everything praise the Lord. Let everything, the working, let everything, and the waiting. Let everything, let it praise the Lord. Let everything, the blessing, let everything, the breaking. Let everything, praise the
still comes in the morning Hope still walks with the hurting If you're still alive and breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop dancing and dreaming It's still good news worth repeating So lift your hand and keep singing Praise the Lord Joy still comes in the morning And hope still walks with the hurting You're still alive and breathing Praise the Lord Don't stop dancing and dreaming There's still good news worth repeating So lift your head and keep singing this time of uh, being quarantined to, to home, basically, and, and, and what is God teaching us? And, and for me personally, um, it's just to be content with, with what God has given us. Um, he's given us so many blessings. There's so many things that we can take for granted um, and, and just learning how to, to be okay with, with where we are because God gave us uh, so much that we don't deserve. And um, just to, to be thankful and be content with that. And, um, and you know, there's, there's things that, that God has shown me uh, in this process. Uh, it's been a, a sanctification process for me. God has revealed things to me that areas of my life where I knew I either was weak or I didn't know I was weak. And God is really using that to... Um, to convict me and conform me more to the image of Christ and, and, and just working through that, just God has been faithful in, in revealing himself. God has really been um, showing us his sovereignty. I knew um, that God was sovereign, but I have um, been humbled every day to realize how much control we we, and realize how much control we don't have. And um, it's really brought a different level of, of uh, humility before God where I uh, rejoiced in his sovereignty and um, thankful for, for knowing that he has a plan with all of this and that he is working for our good, even though the good um, is really hard most days. We have seen him reveal uh, the importance of um, really spending time together and and he's given us so many blessings and memories as a family um, our good has been hard um, but our good has been uh, submitting to him and his his uh, overall control and um, we trust him and we know that he has a plan for each of us um, during this crazy time, but anyways, we love you guys, and it's uh, it's so good to be mom, able to mom, connect mom, with mom, everyone mom, um, mom, in other mom. ways during this time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Well, thank you, uh, Crystal and Josh and the kids for sharing with us. I want to pray for you and for all of God's people right now using the words from uh, Ephesians 3 
Paul's prayer to those believers then. So pray with me, please. Lord, I acknowledge today that you have glorious riches. And I pray that through those riches, that you would strengthen your people with power. And that in our inner being, we would know the presence of your Spirit at work and alive. That Jesus would be preeminent in all that we do and say. Lord, I pray for your church here scattered around Cyprus. It's part of Cyprus Bible. And every church that names the name of Jesus, that we would be rooted and grounded in your love. That we would have the power with all of God's people, to just understand and grasp and cling to how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. A love that's filled, overflowing in your fullness. And so now, Lord, it is my prayer that you who are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, that to you be the glory in this church, in every church, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. together this morning. God is able. God is able. He will never fail. He is almighty God. Greater than all we seek. Greater than all we ask. He has done great things. Lifted up. Defeated the grave, raised to life. Our God is able. In His name, we overcome. For the Lord, our God is able. God is with us, and God is with us, and God is on our side, He will make a way, far above all we know, far above all we hope, He has done great things, lifted up. Our God is able, in His name we overcome, for the Lord our God is able, God is with us, He will go before, He will never leave us, He will never leave us. God is for us, and we 
are in your living rooms or wherever you're watching this, but um, can we just take some time during this next song to um, just think upon the Lord and while he gives us and all he provides for us and that he is our eternal provider and that he, uh, he knows every need we have. And uh, let's just give him praise through this song. Pour out our 
sing in all the earth. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Sing that again. All the earth. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great. time to worship him. song here real quick this one you'll know but it speaks of God's faithfulness and how just how he provides every need for every one of our needs whether we know we need it or not great is thy faithfulness oh God my father there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail as thou hast been, thou forever Thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new. 
Sunday morning with my dog, Buddy. Uh, and I'm excited to let y'all know that we're going to start having children's messages as part of our worship services every second and fourth Sunday moving forward. We hope this will be a blessing to your family and kids. I want to let you know we're going to have different people from our children's ministry and our church sharing with you. So I hope you enjoy this lesson from Miss Staja as we look at the story of David and Goliath and how he overcame fear and trusted in God. Hi, I'm Miss Stasha. So my hope today is that right in your homes that you will listen to this story and talk about it with your family and then maybe act it out in your living room. Now today's true story is coming to you from my home and my backyard, but it's actually coming from the book of the Bible called 2 Samuel. 
a long time ago, the very first king of Israel was King Saul. But King Saul had a problem. His heart was not focused on what God wanted. So God decided to choose another leader. He chose a young shepherd boy named David. David's three oldest brothers had joined King Saul's army, the Israelite army, and they were fighting the Philistine army. And his three brothers had been gone for 40 days. So his father was worried and he sent David with some food to check on his brothers. When David reached the Israelite camp, he heard a Philistine soldier, Goliath, yelling. Goliath was shouting for someone to come out and fight him. Army of Saul, why do you get ready for battle? Choose a man and have him come to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will be your servants. But if I win and kill him, you will be our servants. Give me a man to fight. Now Goliath was huge. He was over nine feet tall. His armor weighed 125 pounds, which is probably more than David weighed. And every day he would come out and shout terrible things about God. And he would challenge the Israelites to send out someone to fight him. But no Israelite dared to fight him. I will fight him. Look, if God wants me to fight this giant, I will. God help me be brave before King Saul. I will fight this giant for Israel. You? You're only a boy. This Goliath has been fighting since he was young. I've been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it down and rescued the sheep from its mouth. This, these, and God is all I need. Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds. You come at me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have made fun of and cursed. Today, God Almighty will hand you over to me. Today, I will give the flesh of the Philistine army to the birds. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. It is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give you over into our hands. David slung a stone and hit Goliath in the forehead. Goliath fell to the ground dead. David had triumphed over Goliath with a sling and a stone, and most importantly, with God. David trusted God to make him brave. Brave doesn't mean you're not scared. It means doing the right thing even though you are scared. David lifted his eyes up to God. He lifted his eyes from his problem up to God because God is bigger than anything we face. David knew he could trust God to help him in difficult times. In these difficult times, talk about what's bothering you to your parents and your family. Pray for help, pray for strength, pray that you can do the right thing even when it's the hard or scary thing. And then together we need to lift our eyes to Jesus. Amen.
nature a fearful person, but, but I'll admit, throughout my life there have been things that uh, have made me feel afraid. I mean, frankly, I'm not all that fond of roller coasters, never have been. And even though the odds of injury for a roller coaster are like one in 300 million, I have to be like coaxed or shamed even to uh, get in line for something called the Intimidator or Leviathan, 
one of those deals. Uh, actually, the, uh, the chances of injury while mowing my lawn are far greater. It's like one in, in 3,600. And yet every week I start up my lawn mower and don't even think about that. Not, not afraid of that at all. There's a, uh, a picture, actually, the first time I remember being afraid. I'm sure I was afraid many, many, many times before this. But this, this picture is, is, is one that I remember being afraid. Uh, it's my dad and my little brother and me, and my, my little brother, Steve, is staring at the camera, seemingly unconcerned. We're standing on the edge of a cliff overlooking a mountain. I would not have gone there at all. I, I'm staring into the abyss, terrified of falling, and my, my dad had said, let's go to the edge here. I wouldn't have gone unless he'd, he'd encouraged me and held my hand and said he wouldn't let me go. Uh, our fears change over time circumstances and situations. What frightened me as a child doesn't frighten me anymore, but there are other things that can creep in. I want you to think about what are your fears today? For some of you, it's a very real fear and concern, a loss of income, maybe because you've been furloughed or your job is in jeopardy or maybe it's already gone during this time of quarantine. You worry then about paying your bills some of you, you, you fear for loved ones who are vulnerable, and you're, you're not even allowed during this time to, to see them, to, to visit them in person, face-to-face. And so you feel helpless, fearful, as their health maybe declines and their needs increase. Some of you uh, are isolated. You're lonely during this period. You've been cut off from face-to-face contact with other people, and, and now you, you feel alone, and you wonder if anybody really cares about you. You've been forgotten and all that you're going through. Those just might be some of the fears that you could have, and certainly there are many more. You, you know, the, the most frequently repeated command in the Bible is fear not. Fear not. I mean, over and over again in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, uh, the command is don't be afraid. But, you know, just telling someone to stop being afraid isn't all that helpful. It's like saying, stop being hungry or don't be poor. You, know, you need to know how to get food and how to be financially stable. But God doesn't simply tell us don't be afraid without telling us why, how to rise above our fears. So the fears that we have, and that feeling, it still comes into our lives. But he tells us how to rise above that. The causes of fear still happen all around us. The feeling can still come up in us, but we can rise above that. We don't have to be enslaved to our fears. Now I want to take you to one of those biblical commands not to be afraid in Isaiah chapter 41. Now this word of the Lord is directed to his people Israel. And it's coming at a time when they are terrified because they are, they're surrounded by enemy nations with stronger, larger, more powerful armies than they. The present situation of Israel was dismal. And, in fact, their immediate future was pretty bad 
as well. And their circumstances were actually going to get far worse before they got any better. But God had a message through his prophet Isaiah for his desperate, frightened people. Now, uh, by the way, um, you cannot take every promise. You cannot take every statement from every part of the Bible and automatically apply it to yourself. You just can't do that automatically. People try that all the time, even Bible teachers. But you see, God's written word has to be interpreted historically and grammatically. You have to understand the, the context in which it was written, the people to whom it's written. So, so historically, we, we have to recognize the original audience and why this word was given to them in that particular time. And we have to use the rules of grammar to interpret it, to understand what's being said. So whatever any passage teaches us about the character of God, who he is, and, and what he's asking his people to do is valid to apply for us today. But we must make sure we understand uh, this passage in its context, historically, grammatically. Now we're not in the exact same situation Israel was in at all, uh, but who God is and how he speaks to their fears and how he offers comfort to them still applies to the troubles we face today. The great commentator Matthew Henry, uh, talking about this passage from Isaiah 41, said this, These verses are to silence the fears and encourage the faith of God's servants in their distresses so that all may have hope. So that ancient word of the prophet can be applied to us today as we understand who God is and what he has for us. So I want to go to that specific word that God gives to Israel in Isaiah chapter 41. And from there we'll see two causes of fear and the God-given antidote. Some very practical, basic truth that we need to understand and grasp onto today to rise above our fears. Here it is, Isaiah 41, verse uh, 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I've chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I've taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant, I've chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. So I just basically want you to understand this concept from the passage that fear comes when I forget God is with me. That's the whole reason God is reminding Israel of, of who they are and his promises to them. You know, as a little boy, I, I have a, another memory of fear that I, I don't have a picture of. But uh, my, my family was walking in a city. It might have been New York City. It might have been another city. Uh, that my mom and dad were pushing my little brother in a stroller. And I was just busy watching the, the shop windows and all the, the strange people. And all of a sudden, I look around, and I don't see mom or dad. And, and I panic, and I start pushing through all these people and looking. And up ahead, I see my dad, and, and I run up to him, and, and uh, I just felt so relieved. I was back with my dad. And as an extra measure of precaution, I reached up, and I, I grabbed his hand. And he looked down at me, and it wasn't my dad at all. It's a complete stranger. Now, just so that you're not worried, I, I, I wasn't kidnapped or anything. I was fine. Um, that my mom and dad did see me and wondered why I was holding the hand of some stranger. But other than that, it was fine. I, we did reconnect. Uh, now, 
what you realize, the presence of God is only comforting when you know him. Notice how he describes Israel here. He, he talks about the, those God has chosen, verse 9. He, he's saying, these are the ones I've called to myself, uh, my servants, those who serve me. Now, now, if you are in Christ, that describes who you are. You see this repeated again and again in the New Testament. For example, 1 Peter 2.9 says that uh, you who believe in Christ are chosen. You belong to God. You have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So uh, when, when God reminds Israel that he is with them, uh, that, that promise is true for those whose trust is in Christ today. And so if your faith is in Jesus, the, the, the reality of the presence of God is there. So what, what he says to Israel is valid for you that the real presence of God is my antidote to fear. So how do I know the presence of God? Well, Romans 8, for example, uh, tells us that the, the Holy Spirit lives within the people of God, assuring us that we belong to him. And, and, and therefore, he, we can cry out to him, Romans 8 says, as Father. So when I'm afraid, it's because I've lost sight of that reality that I am the temple of God. He he, by his Spirit, lives in me. And he will never leave. But there are times I think I'm alone. And I look at the strength of the opposition. I look at the size of the, of the problem, the, the severity of the situation that I'm in, and, and I'm afraid. Because I've forgotten. I've ignored the basic promise that God is present. It's the promise of Christ. So I must look to and cling to the one who says he is always with me and promised never to leave or abandon me. The point is not that I should never feel fear. Those kinds of feelings are involuntary. They, ha they happen in our lives. What, what God commands is that I don't need to be a slave to those fears, whatever they are, because he's with me. Now all fear is not created equal. Some, some things that we're afraid of are are irrational, or they'll never happen. There aren't a big deal. But then there are those things that are very real, and the problem is enormous, and the stakes are high, and the enemy is terrifying. But nothing you face is bigger than God himself. And that's his point to his people. Nothing you face is bigger than the only true God. He is personal. He's all-powerful. He's absolutely good and loving and faithful to all his promises she gives to his people. So focus on God's character rather than your fears. And as you do this, all threats get cut down to their proper size. That's what happened with David as he faced the giant Goliath. His God was greater than the giant. Cut the fear down to size. Now, that does not mean that you live recklessly or foolishly. Sadly, a lot of people are doing that, and doing so in the name of Jesus, which I find puzzling and disturbing. There are Christians who are ignoring CDC guidelines, for example, and flaunting that and rejecting taking any precautions or rejecting those ideas, saying things like God is greater than the coronavirus. And certainly that's true. But that doesn't honor God, that approach. does not honor God. 
All you have to do, read Leviticus, for example. That's not light reading that most people want to tackle. But you look in Leviticus, and, and God instructs isolation for uh, his people with infectious skin diseases. It, there's God leading his people to the promised land and gives them instruction how to separate when they're facing skin diseases. Or you read the Gospels, and you see how the devil tempted Jesus, told Jesus to jump off the highest point of the, of the temple to test the, the fact that God's angels would then protect him, would save him. And Jesus refused that kind of rash foolishness, called it testing God. And so I just simply want to remind you that uh, common sense, rationality, following certain guidelines is not refusing to trust God. You, you trust God and wear a seatbelt. You trust God and lock your door at night. You trust God and wash your hands. It doesn't diminish his greatness. The antidote to fear is remembering God is with me at all times no matter what. So uh, look at the entirety of verse 10 now. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So understand this. Fear comes when I focus on something other than God. Notice that second part of verse 10 talks about anxiously looking around. It's like there there are things that I'm looking at other than God. I'm I'm frantically looking around at this problem or that situation and, and... So ask yourself, what is it that causes me to look anxiously around, focus on things other than God? Let let me just mention four just sort of general categories of things that can grab our attention away from focusing on God. One is my miserable situation. You look at Israel, they had a lot of challenges going on in their lives at that very moment. They had a leadership vacuum. They had threats from enemy nations. They had the attraction of false gods, which they fell to. They began worshiping idols. They had the lure of immorality. That's actually increased, if that's possible, during this time of of pandemic. That lure of immorality was true in Israel's day. They had a loss of freedom. They had uh, just rampant injustice and an uncertain future. Those are just some of the distractions of God's people in that day. And and I think the list of what could distract us and and, uh, preoccupy our thoughts is even longer. The point is that when I'm absorbed in what's going on around me, when I keep anxiously looking around at my challenges, my temptations, my troubles, then I no longer am focused on God. Something else has become a, a greater priority. So bottom line, here's the bottom line, that whenever I'm overcome with anxious thoughts, whenever I'm filled with fear, whatever those fears are, it means that something else has become more significant in my mind than God himself. A second distraction is my people-pleasing. Fear comes when I focus on my people-pleasing more than God, when I think care more about what others think than what God says or thinks, what my opinion of uh, uh, of them or their opinion of me 
has far too much influence, when I'm overly concerned with impressing others, gets in the way of my view of God. If I'm constantly worried about what other people think, I'm worshiping the God of approval. So when I'm looking anxiously around wondering if, if he agrees with me or if, if she is accepting of me, uh, then my focus is wrong and I must look higher. I like what uh, Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1.10. Uh, he said, if I was trying to please people, I wouldn't be serving Christ. So if I'm going about people-pleasing, I'm not serving Jesus. Following Jesus means that I care most about pleasing him. When that's my first priority, everything else sort of falls into place. The deep desire to please people will keep me trapped in fear. Here's the third, and that is my vivid imagination. What can take my attention away from my focus on God? My very vivid imagination. When I give my fearful thoughts too much power, it takes my attention from God and his power. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that fear always involves the misuse of imagination. Now, And you know how imagination is misused. It's when you start thinking about all the what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that? What if this doesn't happen? And, and that, that overwhelms you, whether those things are likely or not. And even if some things did happen, you have no control over it at all. And yet your imagination allows those fears to grow in, in your mind and, and block out the, the very presence of God. So I need to look away from all the what ifs and look up toward God. Jesus said, John. 14 27 he said do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid when i'm fearful i i need to see am i letting my imagination run wild because all those what ifs will block out my vision of god fourth my human limitations that's something that blocks out my vision of God. It's very common for my fears to be based in what I can't do or be based in my past failures, which are many, or based in my disadvantages or my family problems or my physical challenges. And I can't let any type of limitation cause me to lose focus in God. I just want to point you to what that ending of Isaiah 41.10 says. He, he says, surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That, that's the promise of God's strength and help and presence. I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, now, the right hand is the symbol of power and authority throughout Scripture. It's the hand that does right. It is the hand that is full of righteousness, God says here. And so I call you this morning to stop defining and limiting your future in terms of your past and start defining it in terms of your God. I, I call you to recognize that God is greater than your personality type that you might find limiting. God is greater than your past experiences or failures. God is greater than your losses, your, your needs, your enemies. God is greater than your family of origin that you may feel is dragging you down. See, the crucial factor in fearless living is not your resources, but your God. Your God. 
And in your weakness, he will give you strength. In your time of need, he, he will hold you up with his righteous right hand. Do you know what the right hand is? <laughs> do, do, do you know how beautiful it is? Who's at the right hand of God? Jesus himself. God's son. Over 30 times in the New Testament, it associates Jesus with God's right hand. The perfect eternal son of God is his right hand, is at his right hand. Uh, uh, Romans 8, 34 says, the living Jesus is at the right hand of God pleading for us. Those are, those are good words. There, there's the Son of God right now in the place of power and authority pleading with the Father for us, interceding for us. So parents, when your children feel fear and uncertainty, you're, you're going to hold their hand and assure them that things will be all right, that you'll be with them and protect them and help them through this time. But do that with the confidence that the Almighty God holds you in his righteous right hand and he will not let you go. That's the promise of Jesus, our eternal living Savior. Your source of strength is in him. Several years ago, Kayla Mueller was captured by ISIS. And here's a picture of her before she left on her aid mission in 2013. And there's a picture in 2015 of a hostage video that was taken. She's 26 years old. She was captured, and she was able to send some messages to her family. And in one letter, here's what Kayla wrote. I remember mom always telling me that in the end, the only one you really have is God. I've come to a place where I've surrendered myself to our creator because literally there was no one else. And being held captive by terrorists pushed Kayla to depend more fully on the Lord she knew. And she said this, by God and by your prayers, I have felt tenderly cradled in free fall. And notice this, I have learned that even in prison, one can be free. So give your pain to God. Do not fear for me. Powerful words. A few months after this, February 10th, 2015, officials confirmed that Kayla had been killed. But she had come to learn how to be free of fear, how to rise above the fear, even in prison under the threat of death, and to encourage her family to do the same. You see, when all she had left was God, she discovered God was enough. Fear comes when I forget that God is with me. Fear comes when I focus on something other than God. And so I call you today to the God who says to his people, do not fear, I'm with you. Don't look anxiously about you, don't be dismayed, for I am your God. This is the God who reached out to us in love by sending his only son. Jesus came into this world to be our redeemer. And by his death and burial and resurrection, he has defeated sin and death for all who believe, all who turn from their own self-salvation projects to him alone. That's why I love what it says in Hebrews 2.15 about 
Jesus and his mission in this world. He says he came to free those who all their lives were held as slaves by the fear of death. See, the risen Jesus is the one who allows us to rise above our fears when our faith and trust is in him alone. He opened the way to life for all who believe. So I just call you and remind you to put your hope and trust in Christ alone today and tomorrow and every day after. For through him, you no longer have to be enslaved, trapped by fear, not even the fear of death itself. Through faith in Jesus, God's promise is yours. And so I assure you today that God is with you in your grief, whatever that grief is about. That God is is with you in your uncertainty about your employment. That God is with you when the price of oil drops below zero. God is with you when trouble surrounds you like a flood. God is with you when your, your patience and your strength seems exhausted. God is with you when you're alone and no one else seems to care. Put your hope in the Lord who holds you in his strong, righteous right hand. Let's pray. Lord, may this be true of your people today as you gave that word to your people so many years ago. We know it's still true because you are our eternal God. May our hope and trust be in you. I pray that your comfort and peace would surround everyone whose faith is in Jesus, the one who conquered sin and death for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. morning song for darkness fills the night it cannot hide your light whom shall I fear you crush the enemy underneath my feet you are my soul and shield those troubles linger still whom shall I I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of angel armies is always by my side, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can see, you will deliver me, yours is the victory, whom shall I fear, whom shall I fear, I know who goes before me, I know who stands
stands behind the God of angel armies. He's always by my side, the one who reigns forever. He is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies. He's always by my side. And nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. You are faithful. You are faithful. Nothing formed against me shall this benediction, I want you to receive this word from God. We'll go back to the passage that we had earlier from Ephesians chapter 3. This word of God, this promise of God, receive this now as a benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The God of peace be with you.